Welcome back to the JR Takes Sportscast. I'm Ryan Rogers. And I'm Jonah Hoffman. It's great to be back. We haven't, uh, we took a little month break there. We weren't exactly on a break. We just were both extremely busy with uh, trips and I got COVID uh, <laughs> during the time span too. So uh, yeah, it's it's great to be back in the in the lab. Yeah, definitely. It's It's been a while. We uh, both went to Boston to see our beloved Seattle Mariners take on the Red Sox. It didn't go very well. One, two pitch. Go. There's a shot. High toward the wall. And that ball is gone. It's a grand slam. Hey, have yourself a month, Trevor oh Story. Oh, my goodness. No, they suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, in all honesty, it was a great trip. Uh, it was really cool seeing Fenway. I, I was really surprised at how small it was compared to Team Yeah, Oval it was Park. tiny. Like, yeah. You could see super well from every point in the stadium. We did like a full walk around because I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to be back there. Yeah, we, so. we basically had uh, our seats were on third base and we went all the way to right field and they it was kind of cool they had like a little beer garden up there mm. if you want to call it that i guess but yeah i i it was a great experience we did we did the freedom trail that was fun it yeah. was basically like a hike of downtown boston like all the historical sites and monuments and for only being a three-day trip we saw a lot of the city yeah. by foot we walked yeah. like 10 miles a day basically yeah and it was co- kind of cool like with the celtics being in the eastern conference finals at the time obviously they're in the finals nba finals now but it was cool uh we went to a bar and watched the game and yeah and who were they playing in the eastern conference finals uh miami heat because didn't the heat's bus drive right by us when we were walking around was that what that actually was because there was the police escort i mean it would make sense but i don't know because it was already like six o'clock by then wouldn't they already be at the maybe not i don't remember that would make sense though but i yeah i don't remember what time it was well you also got to remember that they play games way later like that's true they started at their game at eight yeah we games never start that late over here yeah, so, I mean, for me, that or was... no, 8.30, I think it was, because, yeah. The baseball game? Uh, no, the basketball game, because oh. normally it starts at 5.30 here, mm. and, like, if you think, yeah, and if you think the NBA Finals game tonight is on at 6, starting at 9 on their time, so it's like, damn, yeah. you have to stay up late. That's definitely something I never think about watching primetime sports, is how the East Coast has to stay up super late for it. Yeah, yeah. Um. But anywho, yeah, that that was a fun trip. First time to the East Coast for me. Um, Mariners were a disappointment, but overall, Boston's a sweet city. So if there are any Boston fans out there, we'd love to be back someday. Yeah, yeah. The Mariners, of course, disappointment. Hopefully they can figure it out. I believe they're seven games under five hundred. They won today. Um, they won in the ninth after being down uh five to two so that was pretty cool seeing them come back and win i thought that it was over and was gonna delete the mlb app (laughs) off of my phone again for the second time in like a three-week stretch but uh anyway um ryan should we uh, move on to a football discussion yeah let's get to it um so the topic of discussion today is whether drew Locke or geno smith is going to be the starter um, and in my opinion, 
I think it would be a disaster if Geno Smith ends up as the starter. Not because I think he's going to be terrible if he does play, but it's just like, I mean, he's 32. He's been in the NFL since 2013. He's virtually the same age as Russ. So I just don't see, especially, you know, with where Pete Carroll is in his career, I don't see the benefit in playing Geno. Even if maybe he will be less turnover prone and safer with the ball, which that makes me think Pete would probably start it. But I don't know. I think Drew has a lot of upside and, if they can coach the turnovers, maybe, I mean, you're never going to coach the turnovers turnovers out of a player because football is such a random sport. But I just think there's so much more long-term benefit to seeing what we have in the young guy because not only is he more talented, but I don't know. It, it seems like Denver kind of screwed him over. So I, I think there's a lot to, a, a lot that could potentially be brought out of him. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, obviously, uh, quick note, uh, Levi Lewis did not last long on yeah. the team. He got cut pretty quick. Barely made it through minicamp. Which was a little bit of a bummer. Lefty Levi uh, left us pretty fast. But uh, no, I agree with you completely. I would be pretty irritated if Geno Smith is our starting quarterback week one, just because, I mean, we talked about the whole DUI thing, and I just don't really think, I mean... I'm not in that locker room. I don't, so I don't know how much trust they have in Gino, but I can't look at him and feel like he's going to lead us anywhere. Like, like, I don't know if that means, uh, X amount of wins, a playoff berth. I, I'm just, I would rather see what we have in Drew Locke. We already know what we have in Gino Smith. Yeah. Like you said, he's been in the league since 2013. So, what you see is what you get with him. He's yeah. a backup level talent. I think he's league. he's a good backup. I would I'm down to keep Gino as a backup as long as he's, you know, got the physical ability to mm-hmm. have that role. Um he's not gonna go in and you know, like destroy a game and throw five picks, but he's also not really gonna throw five touchdowns unless it's the Jaguars with Urban Meyer. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I see no long term benefit to playing the guy and with how young the Seahawks are going to be next year. And who knows, maybe they'll surprise us, but I'm not expecting big things out of them. I would be elated if they did somehow sneak into the playoffs. But um, I, I think it's a, a year to kind of evaluate which young guys have a future in the organization. And, yeah. Uh, you know, reload, so to speak. Well, and what do you think about the chances in landing Baker Mayfield? Uh, do you think he's going to stick with Cleveland? Because they have to pay him a lot of money. Yeah. And and I think it's, yeah, I mean, we're post June 1st, so I, I can't remember the exact deal with that, but there's significant cap savings. Um, sometimes if you move on someone from someone um, post June 1st, so I think... If that's what they were waiting for, maybe now something will be happening. But I just, I, I, if you look around the league, like, I mean, like, where is Baker going to be starting? I mean, Falcons maybe, but I kind of don't see it. They drafted Ritter. I feel like if anything, they just, you know, every team wants at least two guys, you know, like a starter and a good backup. And if they're doing a competition, it's a lot harder to evaluate when you have more than two guys gunning for it. I'm so. I'm really surprised a team like the New York Giants hasn't gone after him because they you think Tyrod Taylor's gonna do anything? I mean, I don't 
I'm not really a believer in him. He's been flashy here and there. Brought the Bills to their first mm-hmm. playoff berth a couple years ago in I think 2017. Um, but like, I feel like Tyrod's just a slightly better Geno Smith. That's yeah, yeah, and don't even get me started on Daniel Jones. <laughs> As someone who's had Saquon Barkley on their fantasy team for three years, I blame Daniel Jones for his lack of productivity. Um, but anyway, that being said, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I don't really see Baker fitting in. Uh, at first, when I heard rumors that he might come to Seattle, I was like, please, God, no. I can't <laughs> stand Baker Mayfield. Don't let him. But now uh, that I've, as time has passed, I kind of like when we got Drew Locke, I was like, oh, God, <laughs> great. We have this loser. But now I'm like, I want, I'm I'm stoked we have Drew Locke. I would like to see the potential in him. And, but... At the same time, like I would like to see where this team could go if we had a Baker Mayfield for cheap on this team, on this roster. Um, but I don't know. It's it's a tough call. I I the only way, only scenario I would want Baker on this team is if the Browns cut him and then we sign him. So we don't have to trade them any picks or anything like that. I, I agree. I would never want to trade anything for him, but even signing him, I'm I'm would almost be disappointed because I feel like he would probably win the job outright. And I don't know. I just, I I just don't really believe in Baker's potential. Like I think he's, you know, the 20th best starter in the league at best, which, you know, there's, that's not terrible. That can win you games, get you to the playoffs, but I'm just not super interested in it. You know, like I would rather Roll the dice on lock. If it's a disaster this season, great. Let's use our two first round picks we have coming up in the 2023 draft to draft a quarterback in, in the class that's going to be a lot better than the last few have been. I mean, there's CJ Stroud coming out of OSU and then uh, Bryce Young out of Alabama. Will Levis out of, I think he's from Kentucky, I want to say. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of quarterbacks coming up in this uh, class that are supposedly really good. I mean, you never know. I feel like evaluating quarterbacks is one of the hardest jobs in college football because there's so many variables at play and so often they just don't pan out. But um, either way, um, I, I wouldn't be like devastated if we ended up with Baker Mayfield, but I'm, I'm just kind of, I've kind of, at peace with our quarterback situation as it is. Mm-hmm. And um, you also got to think, I mean, we're, we're through mini camp. We're most of the way through OTAs in a couple of weeks here, it's going to be mandatory mini camp. And then there's that break last chunk of the off season before training camp starts. So, you know, guys are learning the playbook. It's, which is a lot to consider, you know, it's, I, I've always thought it would be really difficult to memorize an NFL playbook and all the, you know, changes and audibles and all that stuff. And I think the longer this thing goes on, the more difficult it's going to be for Baker to go anywhere and start because he's going to be in a new system. He's going to have to, you know, get acclimated to a whole new supporting cast and all of that. And here's another thing. Deshaun Watson might not be able to play this season. There was That's recently yeah. another allegation, which makes 23 I seriously just don't see how 23 women are lying about it. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like I know, you know, it's innocent until proven guilty, but it doesn't look good. Well, and what is What does that mean exactly then for as far as like going back to court? 
because didn't the charges get dropped? So what happens when a what new happened allegation was, comes up? It didn't go. It was a grand jury, so it wasn't like a, a trial with you know like a jury of peers or whatever. Because um, I think it's civil court, or you know what? I am not a legal expert. I wouldn't be the one to ask on this actually, but I'm pretty sure the long and short of it is. Deshaun Watson is not going to be out of this mess anytime soon with this new allegation coming up. So it's, I think the Browns are so stupid for doing what they did, especially giving them all that guaranteed money. Yeah, they they have already resigned themselves to two hundred thirty million dollars to a guy that may. I mean, I do think he'll eventually play for them, but like it's there's a you know there is a world where he never plays for the Browns and makes you know, basically a quarter of a billion dollars off of them. It's like, it's what we like to call Brock Osweilering someone. <laughs> Only the Browns can do the Browns, man. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how that situation plays out. Cause it seems like Baker, if he has to be the starting quarterback for the Browns, just is going to like sit out or something. That's kind of my my feel on the situation, and we'll yeah. see what happens. But I think if he was smart, though, he would play, and yeah. I mean, prove to them that he's that they're make they made a mistake. Yeah, paying all that money for a guy that might not even play this season or next or who well, knows how. Long, and, and Baker but. is also I I think he would be I understand the emotions behind it, but he would be pretty foolish to just if he is you know, forced to be the Brown starter this year to just pass that opportunity up because he's on the last year of his rookie deal. If he wants to make some serious money next year, he's got to put something out there because the last 16 games of player, however many he played last year were not pretty. And I know it's because he was injured and the Browns weren't spectacular last year or anything, but we've seen how, you know, one good season from a quarterback can make them, hundreds of millions of dollars like sure. Brock Osweiler. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. that wasn't even a full season. It was like, you know, playing in place of an injured, very old Peyton Manning and not shitting his pants got him like with that million. amazing defense. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, anyways, it's that one's still it's it's kind of crazy. Here we are June 5th recording this and the Baker thing is unresolved because it was what, like mid-March when mm-hmm. that whole thing blew up. Yeah, I honestly, I would be kind of a little bit stoked if we signed him to a to a cheap deal, just just because I would like to see this team make it to the playoffs. And I yeah. think having him, he's a number one draft pick talent level. I mean, I just, it, I think that we would be a lot better with him under center. But that just brings up another point is I would like to see what Drew Locke can do. We'll at least get the preseason with Drew Locke. But if we never get to see him start, I'll honestly be kind of disappointed because I think that's truly the only way you can evaluate someone is by throwing them to the wolves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Seahawks organization under Pete Carroll has shown that we are actually pretty good at developing quarterbacks. I mean, Russ is... Russ himself was developed in this system. You know, he, he came out of the leagues as something special, but he definitely was coached to play the way that he played, you know, like 
I remember hearing Doug Baldwin say that like the, the scramble drill was like a big part of practice, you know? So like it looked like chaos on the field, but it was almost like organized chaos. So mm-hmm. that was the coaching staff using his strengths. And I get kind of annoyed when I hear people say like, Oh, Russell Wilson never had a system built around him. Like yeah, what? Cause we ran the ball. Like, I don't know. I just think people take like, such little information into account when they say shit like that. And I'm not even being a Pete Carroll defender. You you know my feelings on how the last several years have gone. But for sure, there's blame all around for how 2021 went and how, you know, our playoff failures have gone the last few years. So it's just it's going to be interesting to see um, what happens this year without him, you know, like. Because Gino did come in last year, and yeah, he didn't play great, but he played Seahawks football. You know, he was efficient. He didn't commit a lot of turnovers, didn't throw a lot of picks. And it seems like we put together a system that just minimizes opportunities for, you know, terrible, turnover-worthy plays. So mm-hmm. that's why I think, you know, if uh, Drew can get out there, he has, like, really, really good physical abilities. He can run. He can... He has a hose to quote John Schneider. So I, I would just be curious for the mystery box that is Drew. But um we we'll see. No matter what, I, I don't think um I don't think anyone outside of like uh, Aaron Rodgers is gonna bring this team to a Super Bowl next year. And that's the goal. Making the playoffs is great, but it's it's about the Super Bowl, you know? So I like the process we're we're doing right now. Um the draft was great, so no matter who's under center next year, I think 2023 is when we can talk about uh, championships. Um, but before we get there, I think it's time to make some way too early season predictions for next year. Yes, yes. Uh, do you want to start it off with the uh, return of Russ? Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Broncos. Let's ride. Perfect. Okay. One more time. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. I'm not going to pay $1,000 to see Let's Ride. <laughs> it would it would be surreal. I mean, I know it's going to be a, like a once-in-a-lifetime atmosphere that mm-hmm. night in the stadium. Um, curious to see whether there's booze or cheers when, when Russ comes out of the tunnel. But uh, anyway, I, I feel like he's going to get booed is my personal prediction. But as for the game itself, hear me out. I think our defense has a chance to actually be top 10 next year. We added a lot of talent this off season. Um, I think Clint hurt. It's just been press conferences that I've heard out of him so far. But one thing that he said that I really liked and that I've heard some players echo is he said, I want pass rushers to rush the passer and I want cover guys to cover, which sounds like <laughs> no more Puna Ford being dropped. In it the sounds coverage. like a Jameis Winston quote, but okay. As a kid, my, my passion was always football, right? But being taken away from the game, I didn't realize that my passion 
was playing football. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, I mean, it's it seems like we're going to be running a little more simple concepts and not, you know, putting 290-pound defensive ends covering a running back and stupid Ken Norton shit like that anymore. So Well, and that was one thing that our defense was... It was so frustrating watching it because it was like... Um, death by a thousand cuts you had the quarterback fucking throwing cute little four yard five yards passes like that just marching down the field long drives that kept our defense on the field well and i I think that's why colt mccoy beat us twice in the last two years (laughs) because he sucks and only completes checkdowns. but like yeah when Tannehill and the titans came in week two that's all he was doing he just dropped back oh running back over the middle yep and so yeah, I, I mean, I'm just excited to see something different, but we are running more 3-4 concepts this year, mm-hmm. and Jamal Adams really excelled under a 3-4 with New York. So I think priority number one for the defense is figuring out how to use him as a weapon again because people forget because of the last two years that Jamal Adams was like all pro best safety in the league in 2018, 2017. Yeah. You know, like, and he's a very unique player. Um, So if one of these young guys can grab one of the corner spots. I think that would be awesome. But Sidney Jones and maybe an Artie Burns, they'll be passable. Um, frankly, I hope one of them gets cut and we have Kobe Bryant starting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see uh, who wins the battle between Russ knowing our system or Pete Carroll knowing Russ, ha- knowing Russ and his flaws and how to exploit them and, Turn him into a bad cook, so to speak. Yeah, they just need to play two high safeties the whole game because for some reason that breaks Russell's brain whenever teams <laughs> do that. But I'm actually, I mean, maybe I'm being a total homer here, but I think first game with a new team having to learn this new system, um, I think with us having our home opener and prime time and such a hostile environment for opposing teams, I think we squeak out like a 16 to 14 just poop fest of a game and it's beautiful. We win. We get to be like, fuck you, Russ, in the moment and then kind of get over the whole thing. But I I just think um, emotions are going to be at play and maybe Russ won't come out as hot as he's expecting to. And I think the Seahawks actually pull this off. Well, we definitely this is like we were given the best opportunity playing the Broncos week one, I think, because yeah. it, with like you said, with Russell being in a new system and, uh, you know, he's more prone to make those kind of mistakes because we know him as a quarterback mm-hmm. and with us changing our defensive scheme, it's not like he's going to be like, oh, I've seen this in practice a million yeah. times. So um, I, I want to say we get the W, um, I'm kind of with you. I think it'll be low scoring, um, but and it'll be a Monday night game. It'll be rocking uh, at the. I guess I can't call it the clink anymore. <laughs> Lumen Field. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Uh, Twenty-one twenty-four. We pull it out. Oh, you're you're taking the W two. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be an awesome way to start the season, but I I could see it happening. I did just remember the last two seasons, Russ had like a perfect passer rating in week one on the road both times. So maybe I'm being an idiot, but it's just it's a whole new team. So and is it really going to be on the road, though, because he hasn't played. He wouldn't have played a home game at Mile High yet. 
And so he's True. used to playing home games in Seattle. So maybe, maybe it'll be a psychological thing. And uh, yeah, and he hasn't been playing. Won't matter. <laughs> he hasn't been playing that good at Lumen, anyways. So yeah, he's actually been better on the road recently, anyways. So that starts us off at one and zero, and then week two at San Francisco. Um, this is an L, honestly. I just. It's going to be the 49ers home opener. I They were just in the NFC Championship pretty close to the Super Bowl last year. You think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to just start right back from day, from last season and be the starter? You don't think Trey Lance is... So I guess that's the thing. You know, If Trey Lance is starting here, I, I like our odds a lot better because I just think he's still not ready based on what I saw last year. Yeah. Weirdly enough, Trey Lance reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick, the way he looks and like plays, like, mm-hmm. just the way he runs and uh, he throws just such a fastball like Kaepernick did. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I don't know. I, I just I see this being a really hard game to win um, and we might be, you know, still coming down from the emotional high of the week before and, you know, Russ's return and everything. So I'm just kind of expecting it to go down that way but uh what do you think yeah i'm kind of uh i'm kind of inclined to agree with you right here i think uh being on the road you know uh it'll be the first time for a lot of our young guys uh just i don't know just dealing with the crowd noise number one uh and i think there'll be games where if drew Locke is our starter he'll have you know maybe a couple games here and there where he turns the ball over more than you want him to. Yeah. And I could definitely see that defense making that happen. And yeah, the Niners have a great front seven. Um, I could see, you know, maybe them selling out to stop the run this game and making drew lock beat them. And I just don't know if, if he's going to be able to do that against that defense, especially early on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say we lose probably by 10. That I feel like 2010 kind of game yeah. seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. How about Atlanta? Um this I could I could see this being a stupid game that we lose, but <laughs> I think we're going to win. Like I, I'm right there with you. I think we should win. Like Atlanta is one of the worst teams in the league talent-wise. Uh, you they can don't make a really. Case they're the worst team in the league right now. They well, they don't really make any sense. Like they're drafting, they drafted a tight end last year and a receiver this year. Like, and their defense is trash. It's so bad. So I, I'm just like, it just doesn't really make any sense the way they're building. It's almost like they're just repeating the process that they had did with Matt Ryan. They got. Because they had uh, Roddy White and Julio Jones, and then they added, uh, or no, Julio Jones came after they drafted Matt Ryan, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they had Roddy White, they had Tony Gonzalez, and then Matt Ryan showed up, and it almost seems like they're doing that again. They're like, they got uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, now they're probably going to be horrible this year, and then draft a quarterback next year. No chance Ritters turns in anything for them? Uh... I suppose there's a chance. Do you think he's going to start, though? Um, I think if any of the quarterbacks from this class, besides Kenny Pickett, um, are going to start in a uphill battle situation like that, I would lean towards Ritter because with him, it wasn't an issue of NFL readiness. It was an issue of accuracy. Mm-hmm. So, 
To be we'll honest see. with you, I kind of forgot that they drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, he did win. He made Cincinnati a winning culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, not him specifically, but I mean, right. he was the quarterback. So yeah, he seems to have those intangible leadership qualities. There was something about those Bearcats teams, though. It's like everyone from those teams is a dog, so to speak. From yeah, from what I've heard, absolutely. So yeah, I'm. I, uh, bottom line, I'm going to say this is a win. I think it, I'm actually going to go a step ahead of you and say that this is a blowout, like 31 to 10 victory. Wow. Okay. And I think whoever the Falcons quarterback is, I think they throw at least three interceptions. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be a fun one. So we're at this point, we're, you know, I think all Seahawks fans are going to be pretty stoked if we're looking at the Detroit Lions game in week four and we're two and one. Yeah. I Yeah. So. Um, and I actually have us winning against the Lions, too. Um, I know that they seemed to be kind of on the rise towards the end of last year. Who did they? They beat some good team. Didn't they beat the Cardinals? They beat the Vikings and the Steelers. Uh, I know that for sure. But they, I think they beat the Cardinals, too. I think they, like, beat the crap out of the Cardinals, actually. Towards I the think end you're right, year. actually. Yeah. 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 But either way, it's still Jared Goff. I still don't care. Like we're gonna beat them. This might be like a stress fest, though. I, I think it will be because the Lions drafted a lot of talented players. Well, they in got Jameson Williams. Who else did they get? Um, it's hard to remember, even though it was only a month ago. Yeah, God, I. I remember thinking their draft was pretty solid, though. Didn't they? Yeah, didn't they have two first round picks? They might have. Tra- they did a bunch of trades. Oh, they got Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson, Duh. yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think they'll definitely be a better team this year, but they still, I think they're a year or two away from being anything threatening. So I think, uh, going into Week Five against the Saints, we are actually, uh, three and one, which, at the time, I'm sure people are going to be freaking out that the. Seahawks post Russ are a winning team maybe in first place in the division at that point personally I'm gonna have to disagree with you on the Lions game I think we're gonna lose that game oh yeah yeah I just I don't know I think the Lions are gonna they've got Amon Ross St. Brown Jameson Williams they got obviously now Aiden Hutchinson on their D-line and I could see him getting after our quarterback but I don't know. I just I have a weird feeling about that Lions game. It is a 10 a.m. game. So. Yeah. 10 a.m. games, we've always... There's just been something off about our team performing it. That's why I predicted it to be a close win. Like, I'll say it's like a 21-20 kind of win. But... Yeah. Um, what do you got for uh, the next week at the Saints? Hmm. This is also one for me that could kind of go either way. Um, I think we should have beat the Saints last year. Uh, yeah. And we had Geno. If we that had game. just slightly better quarterback play, we would have won that game. I was yeah. at that game. And Jameis James Winston played in that game, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. And uh, he sucked in that game. I mean, I, I when you're at the game, you can really tell when someone's open. And he could have thrown for 500 yards that night. I remember seeing just wide open Saints players and him airmailing it. But the weather was terrible. Yeah, I'm not making excuses for Jameis, obviously, but uh, apparently he did get LASIK in the offseason, and supposedly right. <laughs> he's going to play better because of that, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. Only time will tell. But, um, yeah, uh, what do you think overall? I think 
Ah, this one is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, it's on the road. Uh, yeah, it's another 10 a.m. game, isn't it? It is. Mm, yeah, I don't want to say we're going to fall to 2-3 and three after starting 2-1, and one, but... Hmm. Sounds like you're leaning towards that direction. Though. I think we might lose this game. I, I have us losing this game as well. I just think, yeah, dude, I haven't seen us win in the Superdome. I, I don't even remember the last time I watched the Seahawks do that. Maybe maybe not even while I've been a fan have they won down there. So yeah. I don't see that changing this year. So at this point, I have, a, have us at 3-2. and two, And then, unfortunately, I think the next week um, we're at home. But for some reason, the home team seems to always lose the Cardinals matchup. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with that. And again, I, I think we're going to drop this one, too. So uh, I have us at three and three after six weeks um, losing to the Cardinals, Saints and 49ers. Yeah, that Cardinals game. That one's kind of tough, too, uh, just because the Cardinals always start off hot at the first half of the season, and then they kind of fizzle out. Uh, they've done that the past few seasons, really, under under uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And I kind of am with you. I think they're going to uh, ride that narrative for another year, and Cardinals are going to come out firing and on all cylinders. I kind of don't think it's going to be close. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I could see it being... Uh, more than a one-score game uh, by the end of it. And, yeah, I think Arizona's going to beat us, and we'll drop to two and four. This is one I'd love to be wrong about. I hate losing to the Cardinals at home. I've yeah. seen, I've been to multiple Seahawks games where that's happened, and it, it just, I just hate their red uniforms, man. Pissing yeah, me off. yeah. Um, I hate you, their black uniforms. That's those, not even their color. Yeah, those are pretty gross. What do you, uh, what do you got going on for the, the Chargers game? Oh boy. Um, I think we're going to get blown out. This could be like one of those <laughs> random situations though, where we like do really good against a good team, uh-huh. but I'm with you. I just, I, the chargers, honestly, I would love to see them make it to the bowl next year. They're the, kind of my AFC, uh, dark horse favorite team. Yeah. I, that, yeah, the chargers definitely have, uh, beefed up their D line, uh, bringing in Khalil Mack and, uh, I'm pretty sure they signed. Uh, who's the corner they signed from New England? J. J. C. Jackson. Yeah, J. C. Jackson. Yeah, so they got uh, two veterans uh, added onto their defense, and I mean Justin Herbert's Justin only Herbert. Get better, Justin likely. Herbert is uh, a lot better than I thought he was uh, in college. Yeah, I didn't. He's been one of the him and Mahomes have been the. Biggest surprises to me. I mm-hmm. guess I'll throw Josh Allen in there too, because I outright said I was like, when the Bills took him, I was like, why is this guy even a first round pick? His stats were terrible. But and I was like, when I when Josh Allen got drafted, I was like, he's just going to be a Jay Cutler. He can throw the ball really deep, but he'll probably never be a good decision maker. And to and, be fair, Josh Allen's first couple of years weren't very good. They yeah. were like you know, middling at best, but then all of a sudden he turned into like a God in 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. So week eight, uh, Oh wait. Yeah. We both decided we lose. Yeah. We're, I, I just don't see it. If we were at home, I'd give us more of a chance, but we're in SoFi. I think the chargers are just too talented. Um, they're, they're gunning for the super bowl. We're, we're 
praying for the playoffs. So uh, at this point, I have us at three and four. So does that mean on your schedule we're two and five? We're two and five on my Yikes. schedule. Yikes. Well, yeah. let's let's hope things turn around. But and- don't worry. We play the New York Giants week eight. And, and Danny I, Dimes is coming to town. And I think he's just going to have that Danny Dimes look on his face <laughs> the whole game where he looks like he has no idea what's going on. He almost looks like Eli, but like, like worse. <laughs> it's somehow. so funny. The Giants drafted a guy that still looks like confused Eli Manning <laughs> <laughs> after so long of that. Yeah, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say we sell out to stop the run, um, Saquon Barkley, and make Danny Dimes beat us, and Danny Dimes is not going to beat us. He's going to throw, like, three three picks, I'm going to say. I have a pretty uh, similar prediction. And I think he's going to fumble <laughs> and have a total of four turnovers in the game. And, yeah, we're going to ride the rock. We're going to uh, give the ball to... Good old Kenny Walk, and he's going to run all over them, and we're going to control the line of scrimmage. I actually think um, week eight is going to be our get-right game, and mm-hmm. I think I think we're maybe going to get behind early in the Chargers and uh, have a comeback that falls short, but, you know, doesn't ever get that close, but, like, clearly the run game is working, and mm-hmm. I think at this point uh, we haven't given up on Drew yet, and the run game takes off and Drew Locke throws like three touchdowns, but only like 200 yards kind mm-hmm. of game, um, which is perfect Seattle football. Um, and it, yeah, I think I think this is another game where we're at home and we blow out uh, inferior competition and Danny Dimes maybe gets benched the week after. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so next week, week nine, this is about the time of year where the Cardinals like to start shitting their pants. So I think we take this game. It's on the road and. Terrible things have happened to the Seahawks in State Farm Stadium, but they do win a lot there. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that happening here. I feel like this game might be kind of similar to how it was last year in Arizona, where we just, you know, maybe Rashad and Kenneth are both healthy in this game and we just run for like 200 plus yards. And What what kind of makes me nervous a little bit about this game, though, is we didn't even mention it the first time. I, I'm just not remembering, but... The first time we play the Cardinals, they will not have DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I didn't think about that. And they will have him in this game. So I'm a little skeptical on whether they or not they're going to be able to pull this one out. Um, I still think they're going to lose the first game to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just, I feel like we're still going to be figuring ourselves out uh, early on in the year. But yeah, this one is a tough call. Um I want to say we win because I want to give us, I want to have a better record than three and six at this point, but I don't know. I just I think uh, I think it's still early on in, enough in the season for Arizona to uh, sweep us, unfortunately, and I think we drop this game as well. Fair three enough. And six. Well, week ten in Germany. Probably the Seahawks' last game ever against Tom Brady, unless something happens in the playoffs. Call me crazy, I think for no reason we're just going to win this game. Like, I don't I don't have any intelligent insight as to why I think that's going to happen. I just feel like it's going to, and it's going to be really funny. Um, so, at this point, I actually have us at 6-4, and four, oddly enough, which is maybe a little... Uh, little homerish but there's still a lot of football to be played but yeah i think they go into the bye at six and the four and um send tom brady home with an l 
Um, you know what is so weird is I kind of agree with you. I think <laughs> we might just win this game for no reason. Um, and I think it's week 10. I think injuries are going to be a factor. Mm. Uh, the Buccaneers were one of the oldest teams in the league last year, and I think that's going to catch up with them. And uh, I think they're going to have some guys uh, out by the time this game rolls around. And I think we'll take advantage of that. And uh, who knows? Maybe uh, Tom Brady will start start to show his age. We've been saying this, hoping for this, wondering this for years, for years now. <laughs> I thought and 2019 was it. I thought that was the end of Brady. Yeah, I was that. That was the year he uh, lost to the Titans in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. See, I thought that was it too, and then he fucking won another goddamn Super Bowl. <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, I think I think we weirdly are going to win this game as well and uh, go to four and six. What do you got for the Raiders after? Keep in mind, this is after our bye week, and it's at home. Ah. <sighs> I think we lose. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I got us winning this one just because I honestly think the Raiders are a little overrated. Um, people, I feel like Derek Carr is kind of the AFC version of Matt Stafford where like, yeah, he's doesn't get a lot of media love, but people act like he's some superhero. I don't think Derek Carr is that good. I've never, I thought he's just, you know, like a Kirk Cousins type of quarterback personally. I mean, I'm probably upsetting some Raiders fans out there, but I just... I think he's clearly the worst quarterback in that division. Um, I know they got DeAndre Hopkins. Like maybe, maybe they'll kick our ass. But I kind of just see this being a game that the Seahawks actually pull out and win. We're coming off a bye. Um, I know you meant uh, Devonte Adams and not Hopkins. But, did I say um, Hopkins? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but um, I don't know. I just look at that Raider offense and uh, even the Raider defense. They they got some. Some good guys on there, and uh, I just, they've got Hunter Renfro, who is, I think is one of the most underrated receivers in the league, and seems like a guy that will give the Seahawks, you know, a thousand cuts, like we were saying earlier. He seems like um, someone that would be really annoying to play against. Yeah, and uh, that not to mention Darren Waller, and now um, Devontae Adams being thrown into the mix. I don't know, I just, I could see us... Uh, kind of getting getting handed handed one by that offense. So but, you have us at four and seven. Yes. Well I I have the opposite of that seven and four, but the next week at Los Angeles, it's gonna be seven and five. I the Rams have been just an absolute nightmare to play ever since Sean McVay got there. And even before that, like something about the Seahawks Rams rivalry has always just made those games miserable. Um, it's almost like Pete Carroll, like can't figure out how to beat them. Or what's something. what's weird is I feel like the last couple of times the Seahawks have played the Rams, the defense has done their job for the most part, but like we just can't score against them. Like Aaron Donald is just, just such a monster, and or it like went. I don't know. I feel like it's we can't click on both cylinders whenever we play them. Like if the yeah. offense is doing good, then the defense is not. And yeah, that's how it was in 2018. I remember we yeah. we ran the ball well against them. Russ played well, but we gave up 30 points. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So I have us losing this game. Yep. I uh, me as well. So. But the good news is the next week we play the Panthers at home, and I think this might be an annoying game where the pack or the Panthers are in the lead after the first half, but I, I think we win this game. 
I don't believe in any quarterback on their roster. Um, Christian McCaffrey will probably be injured by this point for how much they'll use him. So That's what I was going to say. I think Christian McCaffrey will, once again, for the third straight season, um, suffer some sort of injury where he's out for multiple weeks on end, and uh, they will struggle to get their run game going against us. Who the hell knows who their quarterback is going <laughs> to be by that? By what week was that? Week fourteen? Yeah, I really um, don't think their quarterback is going to matter too much though, because I mean they have um, what's his name? Sam Darnold and uh, DJ Moore. Oh, at receiver. So like he's their main weapon besides McCaffrey. But like I don't know, maybe Matt Corral is playing at that point. Um, yeah, but- I. Rookie QBs don't generally do very well against a Pete Carroll defense. So if Corral is starting, I don't, I don't see that moving the needle for the Panthers at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I have us uh, <coughs> getting to five and eight after the Panthers. Uh, how do you feel about this uh, Thursday night game against the Forty ers Um, I think that's a fifty-fifty game. I think we can. We, I mean, we've owned the Niners really since the Pete Carroll era has began. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I'm just gonna give them a W just because I want to. I want to <laughs> go six and eight, and not five and nine. That's fair. Um, I have us going the other direction here. Just I don't know. I Russell always played so good against the 49ers. I hope I'm wrong. I still hate them. Um, but uh, I have us falling to eight and six here. Um, and then sadly the next week, um. We go to the Kansas City Chiefs and play on Christmas Eve, and it's so hard to see a world where the Seahawks go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs at home in December. Yeah, it's not happening. I just don't. We're gonna see lose it that game. So I have us fall into the only way we don't lose this game is if like Patrick Mahomes gets injured or some weird thing like that. Yeah, um, like, I agree, <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't, and especially the weather there is going to be not nothing that we're used to. This um, would be like one of the biggest up, and a upsets of the last, honestly, decade for the Seahawks. Yeah. I think if they somehow win this game, yeah, I mean, like I'd love to see it. I just, I, I don't see it happening. So at this point, I have us at eight and seven. I think yes, yeah. eight and seven. Um. But again, the good news is the next week we play the New York Jets, and I think we beat the brakes off them. You think so? With all the new additions they got on their team? Yeah, I mean, just because they're young, good rookies doesn't mean they're going to put it, all three of them are going to put it together their first year. I think the Jets could be good in a year or two, but they're still the bottom of that division. They're still, you know, I'm I'm not a believer in Zach Wilson. I, I don't think he's going to be much of anything in the NFL. Could be wrong, but... He he was really bad last year. Um, I do like Robert Sala as a coach. Um, like he's, I could see him turning things around in New York. But I I I think you know it, it's our. Uh, I guess it's January first is when we're playing them. But it's a uh, winter at Lumen. I think our run game is going to be just very strong at that point in the year so i think we're gonna win that game and get up to nine and seven nice i i think hmm i think that's gonna be a close game 
think uh, so? The Jets. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game, but I I do think we end up winning. I think um, if it was on the road, I, I would be a lot more worried about it. Yeah, I I'm I'm kind of with you. I think we're gonna run the ball and run all over them and hopefully we'll have Rashad Penny still by this point um, to give him a little mix up and yeah. give them a dose of Kenneth Walker and then wash it down with some Rashad Penny. But yeah, uh, I think Carson's probably going to be cut. I think if he was smart, he would retire. Yeah. He's basically got the same deal going on that Cam Chancellor had. So um, any neck injury, I'm just like, man, it's not worth it's, it to be paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we get this win and that is our seventh win for me, I think. OK, so, yeah, that yeah, it's my ninth year, seventh, which makes sense. Um, unfortunately, the next our season finale is against the Rams. I could see us putting up a good effort here. Maybe if the Rams are resting for the playoffs, we somehow win it. But I, I, I can't say I think the Seahawks win ten games in twenty twenty two. However, I do think nine and eight, which is what I have as the final record here, is within reason. I think it's probably the ceiling of the twenty twenty two squad. But I don't know. I, I just think everyone's writing them off. You know, there's a big underdog mentality um, on the team, and I think. Our defense especially is going to surprise some people next year. See, I think we're going to beat them. And I wow. think it's because they're going to be resting players for the playoffs. Okay, that's that's reasonable. That is my only like chance that I'm giving us. But I'm, I'm going to gamble and say that that's the situation the Rams are in. And we are going to be wanting to finish our season strong. So you uh, have eight and nine. Eight I have eight and nine. nine. I think realistically anywhere from seven and 10 to eight and nine or nine and eight mm-hmm. is where the Seahawks will end up next year. I'm, I'm leaning on the upside, uh, but I don't think they're going to be a bottom of the barrel team. Like some people are throwing out there because we play some of the worst teams in the league next year. Division games are always kind of a toss up. Um, and again, the placement of some of these games like Broncos week one Rams end of the year, if they've you know already locked up a playoff spot, they could be a cake game. Mm-hmm. So, And it's kind of interesting to think if the Rams are in a situation where they do rest their starters, Bobby Wagner is not going to be, I mean, you think he'll sit out that game coming home to yeah, Seattle? It's... Like it might not even be up to him at yeah, that point. That's so, true. I feel like we're at, to be up to him, he would definitely play. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I definitely hope Bobby can stay healthy through all of next year because yeah. I am a huge Bobby Wagner fan. Love the guy, but you know, he's he's thirty two. He already got hurt at the end of last year, and he's played a lot of snaps. And like, he's played a lot slower than he did when yeah. he was, you know, so. first came into the league and was chasing people down. He just can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say he's not still amazing. He's I still love, a tackle machine. Yeah. I lo- love everything he brings, but, um, yeah, I, I, uh, eight and nine is where I'm sitting. Do you think somehow they get in the playoffs at eight and nine? If the NFC is mm. bad enough, the NFC is going to suck next year, dude. Let's see. Cause pretty much all the NFC South is like a joke besides the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and then let's see the NFC East, everyone besides the Cowboys, I think, eh, the Eagles, I don't know. 
The Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to have a good defense next year, uh, adding uh, Jordan Davis. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and they just signed uh, that corner out of uh, New York. I can't remember. What Bradbury? Is. Yeah, Bradbury. I also don't think Jalen Hurts is as bad as people say he is. Yeah, I'm surprised that we didn't try and go after Minshew still this offseason. I think, he I think it's just because his arm's so weak. Yeah. Pete Carroll himself said that he doesn't want a quarterback that can't gun it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the thing is, like we say, Minshew has a weak arm. I'm sure he can still throw the ball like 60 yards. It's just. Yeah. NFL um, standards are crazy. But yeah, I think, I don't know. Honestly, you're going to call me crazy. I think a team that might surprise a lot of people this year and maybe sneak in is uh, Washington. I think. The Commanders? I think. Uh, I kind of forgot I think about Carson them. Wentz is not as bad as people perceive him to be. He just had a really bad end to his season. Mm-hmm. Maybe like worst case scenario end. His numbers weren't terrible. They were. Uh, I think he threw like twenty seven touchdowns and like seven picks, which yeah, is not a bad I had ratio. him on my fantasy team, and I was like, damn, I'm glad I have him on my bench. He's putting up good numbers. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm definitely rooting for him to do good next year. <laughs> And not to mention, I mean, Terry McLaurin, I, I'm a believer in and scary Terry. Was it Terry. Olave that they drafted? No, uh, Jahan Dotson. Jahan who, Dotson. I got him at pick number 24 in our draft, and I cannot believe he fell to me that late. Yeah. Um, that's who I traded you, Ronald Jones. I got oh, Jahan Dotson for that. Oh, that's right. So. I honestly, my fantasy team has so many good receivers and like potentially good receivers. I'm like, I need to stop. I have too many. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you. But yeah, uh, I think the NFC East, uh, the Giants will be the worst team in that division again. For sure. Um, I think uh, the Cowboys are probably going to win that division. Um, and then the Eagles and the Commanders are going to fight for that second spot. Um, and then uh, what do we got next? The NFC North, obviously Green Bay, I think will own the bears like they always do. Uh, the Vikings are such a weird team to me, I think. Cause I think that they, they're kind of like us. They have sort of a good defense and they can run the ball. Um, but what Mike Zimmer just got fired. Didn't he? Did he? I thought he did. I think, yeah. I think you're right. I just, I forgot that happened. So much happened this off season. I think I'm pretty certain if you want to fact check that, um, I think Mike Zimmer got fired finally uh, because he uh, kept losing winnable games. Did he? Is he coach still? He was recently the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, he was fired. Yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah, the Vikings are always a weird team because sometimes they'll, like, play Green Bay and they'll just win. Mm -hmm. And it'll – sometimes it won't even be close. Um, but then they'll get blown out by Green Bay. So they're just like a coin flip of a team, I feel like. Um, the Bears, I think, are bad. I don't believe in Justin Fields at all. <laughs> um, Lions, I think the Lions are up and coming. They'll, they'll kind of be like us this year, I think. I think the Bears could be one of the worst teams in the league this yeah. year, actually. Yeah. Which, sorry, Chicago, you guys have been bad for a while, but... I, yeah. I didn't see them do anything this offseason that made me feel the slightest amount of optimism about Yeah, that. so I guess after, you know, 
going through the divisions, I do think that we could potentially make the playoffs at eight and nine, but I don't know. It's, it's tough to say it, we would be the seventh seed almost guaranteed. Yeah. Um, that's what I, I have us is maybe being the seventh seed, but I don't really even care about the playoffs this year because they're, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. And yeah. it, it'd be fun, but, um, I have us maybe sneaking in as the seventh seed. We'd have to pull off a pretty big upset against, you know, someone like the Packers in Green Bay or the Bucks. Don't really see it, but I think um I think this season is to me it's very reminiscent of like the 2010 or 2011 Seahawks mm-hmm. where um clearly you're going to see some good signs like we're building to something, but the not everything's firing at all cylinders yet and maybe next year they can use their two first round picks to really jumpstart um a new contender i'm feeling the exact same way i think uh these are we're going to see a lot of the building blocks this year it's going to be like it's going to be there but there's just going to be a couple pieces missing Mm -hmm. that we're going to be like okay well We'll plug those holes in the off, in the offseason in the draft, and I I just really just need to see the who our quarterback is going to be. I mean, it's so early. Like, yeah, I'm, and if it is Drew Locke, we're going to need to see you know what he can do because yeah. I really never even watched him that much when he was playing in Denver. No, I mean I've watched about all the tape I can mm-hmm. find of him since the trade. Cause you know, naturally I want to see what we're getting ourselves into. And yeah, the good with him is like, it definitely is exciting. I mean, he's, he, he kind of reminds me of Brett Favre oddly mm-hmm. enough. Cause he just has some YOLO throws that like are into such a tight window, but he has the arm strength to do it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Pete's definitely going to be like, Hey, don't do that so much. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing with Drew is I feel like if he, if he's just kind of guided and we run the ball a lot, he only has to throw the ball like 20, 25 times a game and doesn't, if he just, you know, keeps making boneheaded plays then yeah, screw it, throw Gino out there. But like, um, I think, I think there's a chance that it could be something. Um, so what's your season prediction if Drew is starting, um, for his, uh, stats? Hmm. I would like to That's a tough one. I'm going to say he throws I'm going to say he throws around 20 to 25. I'm going to say 23 touchdowns. He How throws. many picks? Hmm. Just because I think Pete Carroll, like you were just saying, will make him be a, more of a game manager than a gunslinger. Obviously, you mm-hmm. don't want him to be a gunslinger. He's proven in the past that he will throw interceptions <laughs> if you make him do that. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he throws 14 picks. Okay, that's extremely similar to what I'm expecting. I was thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of like 32. Well, I guess they play 17 games now, so let's say 3,400 yards. Yeah, I get, yeah that's right. I, Keep forgetting that one extra yeah. game, that one weird game. is It's against the Jets, right? Uh, Our extra game is actually the Broncos. Oh, wait. No, no, no. It is the Jets. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was thinking, like, somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, 22 touchdowns and, like, 12 interceptions, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think he'll probably have a QB rating in the 90s. But yeah. I'm good with that. Maybe the, in the next year, 
he can put it all together and, and be better. Or we draft a quarterback, either way. But um, yeah, those are pretty much my like best case scenario ex- expectations for the Seahawks this year. And it's our podcast, so I'm allowed to be positive, even if it's foolish. Who do you think uh, is going to lead the team in sacks? Hmm. I think Daryl Taylor. Yeah. That's probably the safe pick. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I think it'd be cool if one of our rookies, like someone like Boye Mafe, surprised us. Um, well, and I think he's, gonna... he's an extremely athletic dude. And I, if I heard correctly, uh, he's not been playing football for very many years. No, no. He's, and that's why we got him in the second round is he's super raw. Like he's mm-hmm. really a kind of guy that might not put it all together for a year or two, but he's, I think he's only 23 and uh defensive lineman can kind of play a while. Um, but yeah, he ran a four five. He's super fast, super big, really strong. Um, mm-hmm. So the thing about pass rush though, is you definitely, the best case scenario is not just having one dominant guy, but having like four guys that can do it. And I mm-hmm. think if you have, you know, uh, that guy, we, signed nuosu yeah he, he had a pretty good he could rate. also surprise us and and uh dark horse candidate is a uh, tyreek smith the guy we got from osu in the fifth yeah he, he doesn't have really good measurables but he was like uh he had a really high quarterback pressure rate he didn't finish a bunch he didn't get a ton of sacks in college but he had a ton of pressures i don't remember i don't have the numbers in front of me but that mm-hmm. was his thing basically yeah. so when you combine all four of those guys i think that will produce a lot more sacks and i think uh taylor is just gonna be the one cleaning up the most often so i think he'll get like let's say 10 but there's also someone we're forgetting jamal adams yeah i know i well now that they're changing it to a three four who knows we could be having him rush the passer more than he was doing i think we should i yeah. mean like when we were doing that in 2020 and it was working, it was the only good thing our defense could do. Literally. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a reason why the internet calls him blitz boy. Yeah. Cause he's damn good at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, uh, Rashad, Rashad Penny or Kenneth Walker? Who do you think, uh, has a better season? Um, it's totally contingent upon Rashad's health, and he already has a hammy injury. Let's say he stays healthy the if whole season. If he stays healthy, I think he's the lead guy, and I could see him going off for a 1,000 or more. Um, I think no matter what happens, I think Kenneth Walker is going to have about 800 yards this season um, and like six touchdowns. But I think um, next season, we probably won't have Penny anymore because mm-hmm. – Either a he, he'll probably sign with someone. Yeah, someone will pay him money. More to, money to get injured and but get the, his, <laughs> pull his hamstring and be out for six weeks for like the <laughs> Dolphins or someone like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. But yeah, I think uh, Kenneth Walker is clearly gonna be the guy for the next four years, hopefully longer. Um, I mean, running backs don't last super long in today's NFL, but Kenneth Walker, I I'm really excited about him. I can't wait to see him play. Same. Um, I just read last week that it looks like Abraham Lucas. I mean, granted they're playing in shorts and helmets, so you can't really judge too much, but it's looking like cross and Lucas have the inside track to start on either side. Oh, right. Yeah. Is, Cause, uh, who is the, who's the other right tackle that we have? Jake Curran. Curran. Yeah, that's right. Um, who I like, but 
I mean, we drafted Lucas in the third round. Mm-hmm. Curran's undrafted free agent. I want the guy we spent more capital on to start. But I think uh, Curran, I don't know if we're going to do this anymore because it's a different offensive coordinator. But um, if we use Curran as a swing ta- tackle like we used to with George Fant, mm-hmm. he's a dominant run blocker. So that would be pretty sweet and yeah. like short yardage. I could see us doing that too, though, because we're going to be running a lot with yeah. the R- duo and maybe even trio we don't know we don't ultimately know what's going to happen with carson yet. yeah i mean if if he if he can physically do it sure i'm just like i would be really devastated if something happened to chris carson yeah when it didn't need to so that's that's my take on it mm-hmm. but um yeah pretty much that's kind of a wrap on what we're expecting out of the seahawks next year do you have any other predictions no, I was thinking maybe next time we could, uh, next episode, we could potentially do like a pick each division winner, but way too early division winners, maybe maybe like predictions. MVP winners, yeah, stuff like that. Exactly. That sounds fun. Yeah. I'm down. Well, cool. Uh, that's it for me and Jonah. Thanks for listening again to the JR Takes Sportscast. Subscribe, like, all that stuff, and we'll catch you on the next one.